following program is brought to you by friends and partners of End Time Headlines. It's Monday, October the 16th. We want to welcome you to tonight's program. This is End Time Headlines. I'm your host, Ricky Scapero, the founder and the voice of End Time Headlines. We want to welcome all of our audience tonight, those that are watching uh, the visual of this by Facebook Live, by YouTube Live, and probably by Rumble as well. Uh, whatever platform you're watching, video-wise, we want to welcome you to the program. Uh, we want to welcome our uh, Apple and Spotify listeners and those that are listening by podcast as well. Listen, if this is your first time joining us, as always, uh, we always want to welcome you. We want to ask you to let us know in the comment section below that you are new and where you guys are joining us from. And listen, if you are new and you don't know about our free app, we want to encourage you to download that tonight. Um, if you're listening to the Apple or Spotify of this, or the podcast version of this, go to your Apple store, go to your Google store, depending on your device, type in in-time headlines, look for our official ETH logo. You're going to see the acronym there, ETH, with the four blood moons and the solar eclipse in the middle. Download the free app. If you're watching the visual of this, uh, one one of the easiest way to download this is in the description of this video. There's going to be a link that says download our free app. Just hit that link that's available. It's going to take you to a page. Again, depending on what device you have, you'll click on Apple or on the Google Play there. Once you get the app downloaded, you're going to be prompted to hit yes or no for push notifications. Be sure you hit yes. And then you're going to be good to go with every uh, every headline and every podcast when it is available. So without further ado, we want to get started in this thing tonight. I want to give you some updates on the Middle East, uh, the situation that is continuing to develop there. We're going to, I'm going to share with you some things that I, I wrote down in my own journal and some things I felt like the Lord was showing me and revealing to me about the climax of the trifecta or the three code for the three fold cord, excuse me, of prophetic events that are culminating together right now that are increasing. So without further ado, let's get after it tonight. All right, if you were to ask me what are what is going on, because I get this question often as an individual who deals with eschatology or the study of end times, one of the questions I get asked frequently, especially right now in the uh in the climate in which we're in, uh in the Middle East and with Israel and with Hamas and with Iran and all the situation just just uh continuing to escalate there. One of the questions I get asked is, Brother Ricky. What do you see, prophetically speaking? Where do you see us in the timeline? So one of the things that I felt like the Lord uh, spoke to me, and I wrote this down, um, and I shared this on our personal Facebook page. I shared this on our ETH Facebook page. So I want to deal with those three things tonight. I want to talk about three things that I believe are culminating together. Three events, three major prophetic events. All of these are in Scripture. I want to talk about the birth pains of the Messiah. I'm going to talk about the demonic increase of evil spirits in the earth. And number three, I want to talk about how we are seeing Zechariah 12 begin to escalate. So let me say that one more time. 
I'm going to talk about the birth pangs of the Messiah. I'm going to talk about demonic spirits being unleashed in the earth like never before. And I'm going to talk about the Zechariah 12 prophecy that is not being fulfilled, but rather is um, is advancing towards the fulfillment of that. So that's what we're going to talk about tonight. So let's go to Matthew 24. That's where we're going to start out. So here we have the disciples that come to him privately and they ask, tell us, when will these things be and what will be the sign of your coming and the end of the age? So you got two separate things here. The sign of your coming and the end of the age. And again, the age, the word age here is the end of one age that will expire, that will give way to the next age. So what they're talking about here, the end of the age is the end of the church age, which will, when it comes to an end, when it closes, it will thrust us into, into the millennial reign of Christ. Uh, and, he, and they also say, what is the sign of your coming? What are we going to see that we will know when we see these things what will what will they be so that we'll know that the coming is at hand? And Jesus answered and said to him, Take heed that no one deceives you, for many will come in my name, saying, I am the Christ, and will deceive many. And here's where I really want to home in on. You will hear of wars and rumors of wars. You uh, see that you're not troubled. There's a reason why he's telling us as the church to not be troubled. Because the wars, rumors of wars and false prophets is not the only thing that we need to be looking for. That's not where we, that's not where we put our post at. That's not where we put our period at. That's not where we put our amen. We have to go on. He says, all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. Look what he says here. Nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. By the way, this word for nation here is a Greek word called ethnos. In other words, he's saying you're going to see empire against empire and ethnos against ethnos, which is where we get the word ethnicity. You're going to see one ethnicity rise against another ethnicity. And this is what the devil is stirring up right now. He's trying to stir up the Arabs against the Jews. He's trying to stir up the whites against the blacks. He's trying to stir up. Come on, somebody. Are you hearing me? Is it, I'm trying to preach to you what the Bible says. Then in the time of the end, you're going to see an increase of racism, prejudicism, and hate with one ethnicity against another ethnicity. And he says, you're not only going to hear wars and rumors of wars, but you're going to see entire kingdoms and empires come against other kingdoms and, and empires. He went on to say there will be famines pestilences and earthquakes in various places. Now here's where I want to home in on. All these are the beginning of sorrows. All these are the beginning of sorrows. Now this Greek word here that Paul, or excuse me, this Greek word here that is used in the gospel of Matthew for the word sorrows is a Greek word uh, uh, called Odin, and it means a time of grieving or birth pangs. So it is a picture of 
It's, uh, in fact, uh, if you want to be technical, it's an old English word used when a pregnant woman went into her time of labor. As she began to feel the intensity of her birth pangs, um, she would enter her time of sorrows. This is what they coined. This is where this phrase was coined. So this is the, the writer here is trying to give you this depiction to show you that the time of the end, one of the major signs of the coming of the Lord, and he, and he names all these things, which we just did, the wars, the rumors of wars, ethnicity against ethnicity, the kingdom against kingdom, the, the, the pestilences, the famines, all these things. He said it's going to be as like a time of sorrow or birth pains, a time of grieving. Now, I want to take it a step further. I'm going to show you tonight that the earth itself Yes, we're going to see we're going to see these events travailing and we're seeing that guys. Look what's going on in the Middle East and we're going to give you some updates on it. We're going to show you all that. Look what's going on in the Middle East now. Look what's happening. The wars and rumors of wars, the kingdom against kingdom, the ethnos against ethnos. We're seeing that increase. You're seeing the earthquakes increase. You're see, we just went through a pandemic, which we would call pestilence. We went through a season of that. This was a, a strong birth pain of this. Okay. It shut, basically shut the whole world down for a time. But now, but I want to show you here today that not only will we see the birth pains in these arenas, in these areas, but the earth itself will manifest travail and it will manifest this travail through disasters such as earthquakes, floods, volcanic eruptions, famines and pestilence. Again, all this is produced from the earth. You're going to see an increase of this. Now, again, the scientists, the environmentalists, the seismologists, the volcanologists, the all the the the, the globalists, they uh, they don't understand what we're talking about here today because they're not spiritually discerned. OK, so they will use terms such as climate change, and that's what they want to coin everything. Or they want to reference all the, the the increase of earthquakes, the increase of magnitudes of tsunamis and the magnitudes of hurricanes and the increase of of wildfire eruptions and the increase of the heat in the earth and the and this and that. They want to equate all of that with climate change and global warming, because, again, in the reason why they're saying this is because they're ignorant of scripture. Now, am I, am I denying that the earth is changing? No. Am I denying that temperatures are increasing? No, I'm not denying all this. I'm just telling you, I want to take you to a, a, a deeper level of understanding. I don't equate all this to global warming. I don't equate all this to climate change. I go back to the scripture. I am a preacher of the word, guys. I'm not a politician. I'm not an environmentalist. You've got the wrong channel if that's what you're looking for tonight. I go, I'd lead us always back to the word of God. And according to the Bible, Jesus said, you're going to see and you're going to experience an increase of disastrous activity on the earth that are going to be in, uh, they're going to be likened unto birth pains. It's interesting because when you go in the gospel of Matthew, he talks about, you'll see earthquakes in various places. But when you go to the gospel of Luke, he says, he references Jesus speaking and he says, there'll be great earthquakes. 
There's a difference between earthquakes and great earthquakes. The word great in Greek is megos, where we get the word megaquakes. These these huge earthquakes that literally shift entire geographical planes and locations. And I believe it, it will fulfill um, what Jeremiah talked about and what Isaiah talked about. And they reference every mountain shall be moved out of its place. He, uh, they, uh, mountains will collapse. Buildings will collapse. Thousands upon thousands of people will die simultaneously through these type of disasters. Now I want to, I want to show you a deeper level of this. And I want to, we kind of talked about this last week. One of the reasons, one of the things that's going to cause this increase of birth pangs is now listen to me real plainly here. Cause I'm, I'm speaking prophetically from the word of God, not out of my, I'm not giving you my opinion. I'm giving you the word. Okay. And there is prophetic mysteries and they're not a mystery to those who have understanding of the deep things of God, but they are a mystery to the westernized Christianity. And what do I mean by this? Listen, I literally just had a conversation with today with someone. And I talked about when preachers like myself get up and we teach and we preach about end times and eschatology. And we talk about the great and fearful sights from heaven. There'll be signs in the sun, moon, and stars. When you start talking about this, Christians, Christians will immediately attack you. Now, who are the ones attacking people like myself? It's listen, and I'm not hating on any group. I really feel sorry for these individuals, but they have sat under a pulpit ministry for 20, 30, 40 years. That is a very elementary surface level of teaching and preaching from a westernized perspective of the Bible, not from the Greek, not from the Hebrew, and not from the revelatory um, understanding that the Holy Spirit gives. So when we, when we start talking about and giving you what Jesus warned us about that would be signs of the coming of the Lord, like signs in the sun, moon, and stars— if, if a preacher like myself gets up and starts preaching or teaching about this, people automatically want to accuse you of dabbling into astrology. And it's just ignorant, guys. It's ignorant. Again, Genesis chapter, I believe it's Genesis chapter one. He said that the illuminaries in heavens and the heavens are given for signs and seasons. You go look up the Hebrew word for signs and seasons. Now, look, people just skip over this stuff. They see the sun, the moon, and stars, and that's a basic elementary principles that we teach in Sunday school to our five-year-olds, seven-year-olds, and eight-year-olds. But come on, I want to get to the meat stuff. We got to move beyond what Paul wrote about in Hebrews. Let us move on beyond the elementary principles of Christ. He lists six teachings and six principles that Paul considered to be elementary. And I'm willing to bet and I'm willing to venture that you could drive around your city, find 50 churches, and I guarantee you probably 80% of those churches in your proximity of your area are up behind the pulpit bottle feeding their sheep the probably two out of six elementary principles that Paul would call elementary principles. So it, listen, it doesn't surprise me 
when we get all kinds of comments on YouTube, all kinds of comments on Facebook, all kinds of comments on Instagram. And when we start teaching this kind of stuff, they want to, they want to accuse us of all this nonsense because they're ignorant of scripture. They're ignorant of this understanding. They have eyes to see, but cannot see ears to hear, but they cannot hear. So having said that, one of the things that is going to increase the birth pains of disasters is the shedding of innocent blood. In Matthew chapter 23, I pulled this up for you guys that are watching the visual of this. Jesus begins to rebuke the cities of his day. Three of the cities he rebuked was Chorazin, Bethsaida, and Capernaum. These were three cities that existed in Jesus' day, and he warned them that the judgment that would come to them in the future would be far greater than what Sodom and Gomorrah saw. And when he starts rebuking them, he mentions Jerusalem in these cities. He references Jerusalem, and he tells them that upon them will come all, I'm in Matthew 23, 35 through 36, by the way, all the righteous blood that was shed on the earth that will come upon them. In other words, judgment will befall you because of the righteous blood that has been shed, the righteous blood of Abel all the way to Zechariah, the son of Berkiah, whom you have murdered between the temple and the altar. Uh, surely I say to you, all these things will come upon this generation. And you know what? So he gives this warning. The judgment would come for the shedding of the blood. And then uh, an ex and exactly a generation later, 40 years later, after he made that judgment upon them, after he gave them that warning, judgment came and it came by the Lord lifting his hedge of protection off of Jerusalem and allowing the Romans to come in and viciously invade Jerusalem. They invaded the Temple Mount, burned it down, took Jews captive, and it was a horrific event. So judgment came, just as Jesus said. Now, again, don't miss what I'm saying here. Why did the judgment come? Because of the shedding of innocent blood. Let me give you another one. This was Revelation 6, 9 through 10. This is during the tribulation. When the fifth seal is opened, John saw under the earth souls that had been slain for the word of God and their testimony, which they held. Now, listen to what it says here. And the souls that John saw under the altar were crying out with a loud voice. They were saying, how long, O Lord, holy and true, until you judge and avenge our blood on those who dwell on the earth? And you know what? Their blood will be avenged during the tribulation where in which God pours out his wrath upon those individuals who did this. Now I want to take you over here to Romans 8. Romans 8, the Apostle Paul gives us even more insight into this. For I consider, oh, this is 18, for I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. So he's referencing present his day and future that shall be revealed in us. For the earnest expectation of the creation, now he's talking about the entire creation, not just humanity, but the earth in itself, creation itself is 
eagerly waiting for the revealing of the sons of God. Now that's that, that's a Greek word, and it, it's not uh, the sons of God mentioned in Job where it talks about the B'nai Elohim, the angels. This is talking about the church, the ecclesia. The, the, the entire creation eagerly waits for the revealing of the ecclesia, the sons of God. For the, look, look what it says here in verse 20. The creation was subjected to fertility, not willingly, but because of him who subjected it in hope, because the creation itself also will be delivered from the bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of the children of God. So here we go. He's, now he's, he referenced, he said, sons of God, children of God. Again, same, same identity here. Now look what he says in verse 22. For we know that the whole creation groans and labors with birth pangs and together uh, until now. So notice here that Paul references what Matthew referenced birth pains, but Matthew who is writing down the words of our Lord and savior, Jesus Christ. And what he told him, Matthew equates birth pains to wars Rumors of wars, nation against nation, kingdom against kingdom, famines, pestilence, earthquakes in various places. But here, the Apostle Paul references birth pains as in the entire creation travailing and groaning for its entire redemption oh come on somebody because you do know there's coming a new heaven and a new earth and the old shall pass away and behold all things shall become new now you say brother ricky how can that be how can the shedding of innocent blood cause these things remember when cain slayed abel your bible says that god spoke and said that the blood of your brother's uh, excuse me, the your, the blood of your brother is crying out from the earth. Why? Because the life of the flesh is in the blood. And we know, according to the book of Genesis, that your blood has a voice. But can I listen? I've, some of y'all know this because I've taught on this before. But if you go to the actual Hebrew, a deeper Hebrew understanding of that phrase there, that term, um, that reference there, it's actually the voice of your bloods, plural tense. Why did he say bloods? Because even the rabbis understood, the Jewish people understood that in, oh, this is deep, guys, in your blood, in your blood, in my blood, not only is the life of the flesh of myself, but also in my blood is the DNA of all the seed that I will ever generate on this earth. So, oh, come on, somebody. This is, this is deep. So that I'm telling you, you're in your running through your veins, coursing the blood coursing through your veins is not only the blood of you as an individual, but it's also your lineage. It's your heritage. It's your seed. It's in there. It's a four generations. It's in your bloodline. It's in your DNA. Listen, you don't believe that? Look at your sons. Look at your daughters. I don't know about you, but I can say that I have two kids. I've got a eight, I've got a 15 year old and I've got an eight year old. My 15 year old is literally a carbon copy of me. And my eight year old is a carbon copy of my wife. We can't, there's no way we could ever deny them because they look like a spitting image of each and of each of us. How is that possible? 
possible because our bloods, our blood, the DNA of them is coursing through our veins. So when Cain slayed Abel, it wasn't just Abel that died that day and Abel's blood crying out from the earth. It was all of the generations that was supposed to come out of Abel crying out from the earth. Why do you think God doesn't take lightly the shedding of innocent blood? Proverbs 6 says that these six things, yea, even seven are an abomination unto me. And one of them is the shedding of innocent blood because you are literally slain entire generations. So think about all the shedding of innocent blood that has been taking place in the earth for thousands of years. Now think about America and think about the blood on their hands that they have shed through abortion. This clean out your ears and listen to what I'm about to tell you. This is why I have recently came out and warned to watch for large earthquakes and disasters taking place in the Middle East. Why? Because we have seen a recent uptick of the shedding of innocent blood. Hello. But we're about to see on a whole other level because there will be casualties. It's, I'm, I'm just being real. There's going to be casualties of innocent blood that's shed on both sides of the, of the, of the track here on the Israeli side and on the Palestinians between Hamas and through the Israeli defense forces. There's going to be a shedding of innocent blood and that blood's going to go and seep into the earth and the voice cries out to heaven. And I'm telling you, I will not be. And I said this about a week ago and, and consequently Afghanistan, which is in the middle East has now been struck, not by one, not one strong earthquake, not two strong earthquakes, but three large earthquakes in just a period of seven days. Another powerful earthquake shook Western Afghanistan overnight, just days after one in the same region killed more than 2,000 people. Today's quake was a magnitude 6.3, equal to the one that struck on Saturday. Hundreds of homes that survived the earlier disaster collapsed this morning. However, officials say initial casualty figures appear to be low because people had been living in tents this week, afraid to stay inside any buildings because of the strong aftershocks. This most recent one was a magnitude 6.3 that struck near the city of Herat, uh, Herat or Herat, however you pronounce that. Uh, at least one individual died, according to health authorities. Another 100 are being treated for injuries in the regional hospital. Now, here's what I find interesting. And I, I probably shouldn't even go here, but look at this, right? More than 90% of those who died in the earlier earthquakes were women and children. You know, what's interesting is Hamas, which is an, a radical Islamic faction, took women, predominantly women and children hostage many of them were slain we don't even know if we don't even know the circumstances of the rest of them i'm telling you this thing is going to get bizarre it's going to get weird and i will not be surprised if we see an even larger uptick of these earthquakes now this also follows another report now this was strange too iran's foreign minister warned uh just a few days ago he warned israel from beirut that it could suffer a, quote, huge earthquake. What? And I want to read to you what he said. This was so bizarre. 
This is from ABC News. Iran's foreign minister on Saturday called on Israel to stop its attacks on Gaza, warning that the war might expand to other parts of the Middle East. We're going to talk more about that in a second. If Hezbollah joins the battle and that would, and I quote, make Israel suffer a huge earthquake. Now, when you read this, it it looks like he's using that. uh, He didn't mean a literal earthquake as in a... uh, a seismic event, but he used it as an analogy or a phrase. But I thought that was very interesting that of all the terms that he could have pulled and used for that, he talks about an earthquake here. So again, keep your eyes on the Middle East regarding uh, disasters, earthquakes, sandstorms, floods. All right, so we're talking about birth pangs of the Messiah. I believe the birth pangs of the Messiah, all these signs, signs, and and again, it's not just Matthew 24, guys. You got to go Matthew 24, Mark 13, Luke 21, put them all together and you get the big picture of this, okay? Look at this. This is a headline from Michael Snyder. Is it just a coincidence that we just witnessed a ring of fire eclipse just as the great Middle East war begins? Now, remember, consequently, this came after, right, literally right after the war began, but before that came that great, that green comet that we talked about that came through the solar system that had not been seen in 400 years. So you had a comet that preceded the war one month before the war started. And then you have this ring of fire solar eclipse that was just seen over what eight states of America. And then next year we have the big one in 2024 that will make that X. And and if you'll remember, if you guys have followed our ministry, you'll know I have to, I've taught you and I've told you that these type of solar eclipses are an omen, a harbinger or a warning for Gentile nations of the world. There are warnings of wars, disasters, calamities and major transitional empires. OK, um, now look at this headline. I want to pull this headline up. This is from this is from Al Jazeera. So this is a Middle Eastern source. The U.S. must be ready for simultaneous wars with China and Russia. Again, I'm going to say this again. The U.S. The U.S. must be ready for simultaneous wars with China and Russia. Notice they didn't even include uh, the Middle East war. They didn't include with Iran, with Hamas. And joining with Israel, which, by the way, again, we're going to give you more and more updates on this as we go through this podcast. Quote, the United States must step up its military modernization to enhance its conventional and nuclear forces and ensure it's ready for the make sure it's ready for the possibility of, quote, simultaneous wars. Remember, you'll hear of wars, plural tense. With China and Russia, Congressional Commission evaluating the U.S. strategic posture uh, just recently said, releasing its report uh, last Thursday in the U.S., the Congressional Commission on the Strategic Posture of the U.S. described the current global environment as, quote, fundamentally different to anything experienced in the past. Well, that's alarming. Even in the darkest days of the Cold War, that's even more chilling. By the way, that I wasn't trying to make a pun there. I'm just saying. Let me read this. This is from a bipartisan panel of six Democrats and six Republicans. They went on to say, quote, today the United States is on the cusp of having, look what this says here, not one, but two nuclear peer 
adversaries, each with ambitions to change the international status quo by force if necessary. Quote, a situation which the U.S. did not anticipate. Really? Who didn't anticipate this? Because all of us seen it coming. All the watchmen have been warning about this for years. Where have you been at, guys? We've seen it. How is it that we see this stuff? We see this stuff coming from a mile away, but these jokers who get paid an exuberant amount of money to keep their head buried in the sand and don't ever get nothing done can't figure this out. So not only did they not anticipate it, according to this six, this panel of six Democrats and six Republicans, the panel of 12, we didn't, they didn't, we didn't anticipate it. And because we didn't anticipate it, we were not prepared for it. Well, that's nice to know. Let our enemies know we're not prepared to confront them. Wow, this is unbelievable. This commission of geniuses added that while the risk of a major nuclear conflict remains low, really? I wouldn't say it remains low. The risk of the of military conflict with each other or both Russia and China, while not inevitable, has grown, you think? And with it, the risk of nuclear use, possibly against the U.S. homeland. Who do you think they're testing the nuclear weapons for? When, when Russia conducts these nuclear tests, Who do you think they're preparing to go to war with? It ain't China. It surely ain't Syria. It's not Iran. Meanwhile, we are looking at China this morning. The Communist Party calling for an immediate ceasefire after Hamas's attack on Israel, urging the parties to remain calm. China's foreign ministry saying in a statement, quote, the fundamental way out of the conflict lies in implementing the two state solution and establishing an independent state of Palestine. The international community needs to act with greater urgency. Well, of course, China is going to ask both sides to exercise restraint because yeah. Hamas is engaged in this brutality. The rape is just horrific and uh, China won't condemn it. China won't condemn it because I believe it's supporting Hamas's attack. Remember, Hamas is a proxy of Iran. Iran, in many respects, is a proxy of China. China fuels Iran. It's Chinese money that is supporting this war and on on the Hamas side. And I think we're going to find eventually Chinese arms will have been used by Hamas, although that has not yet surfaced. So we are seeing China's full on support for this. And what we should be hearing from um, Beijing, as well as Washington, is, look, um, that Hamas needs to pull back, it needs to stop, and it needs to be punished for these brutali- this brutality. And no doubt this is the subject du jour of the uh, delegation there from uh, Washington. Chinese President Xi Jinping meeting with that delegation of U.S. senators in Beijing this morning. Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer told Xi, we understand that he was, quote, very disappointed by China's failure to condemn the attack from Hamas. Uh, Schumer is leading this delegation. It is six senators uh, in China this week. They're going to China, South Korea and Japan. Gordon, what can get done and what do you make of Schumer's response to Xi that we're hearing? Well, first of all, it's important to criticize China from Chinese soil. So I think kudos to um, Schumer for doing that. 
Um, the problem with this trip is a fundamental one, and that is that China is putting itself on a war footing. It is preparing to go to war. Um, the Senate should uh, be in session um, of passing critical legislation to get the United States ready to go to war. So these senators should be in Washington um, making sure that we can defend ourselves, our friends and allies. Um, nothing's going to get done on this trip. Uh, and by the way, I don't like the image that China um, tweeted out of this, and that was Schumer in a half bow to Xi Jinping. That's the image the Chinese people are going to see. That's the image that much of the world is going to see. So that that was regarding uh, Russia and China. Now, look at this. Look at this headline. Quote, the Middle East is on the verge of the abyss. This is according to the uh, U.N. chief, uh, the United Nations Secretary General, Antonio Guterres, late Sunday urged restraint. As Israel gets ready for, it's amazing how they, all these guys are urging Israel to, 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 uh, to restrain themselves. Hey, I know Hamas came in and brutally slaughtered your civilians, women and children, and did unspeakable things that I can't even mention on the broadcast because I want to keep this up and not be flagged or taken down or censored. They've done all that stuff. But hey, Israel, you guys have got to be the ones to hold restraint. Isn't it amazing? This is unbelievable, but it's not, it's not unbelievable. And I, I got to get through this because we got a lot to cover. We're, we're maybe halfway through this. So here's the UN, which I'm not surprised because they are biased against Israel anyway. Do your homework, guys. They are, they are urging restraint for Israel as Israel readies itself for a ground invasion of Gaza. Amid increasing concerns that the Israel-Hamas conflict will turn into a regional war. I want to give you this quote. He said, quote, we're on the verge of the abyss in the Middle East. He called on Hamas, the Palestinian militant group and political party to immediately release the people uh, it, that it's holding hostage in the Gaza Strip. Good luck with that. Uh, he also asked Israel to allow for a rapid and unpetted access for humanitarian aid. According to the, this report, at least one million people have fled their homes in Gaza over the past week ahead, ahead of what is to be an expected Israeli invasion in retaliation for Hamas uh, and their a surprise attack on October 7th, which has killed more than 1,300 Israelis. And by the way, also Americans and over 199 people that they, according to this report, it, this may change depending on, because uh, it changes rapidly. At least there's nearly 200 people that have still been kidnapped and being held hostage. Netanyahu, according to reports, tells his forces that Israel is with them as the faithful hour to attack Gaza Strip by land, sea, and air is drawing near. The U.N. again warns of a specter of death as enclaves, hospitals run out of medicine and crisis threatens to engulf the whole Middle East. Now, here's another report. This is from uh, MSN News. Iran 
is trying to deploy weapons in Syria. Two major players here, guys, of Bible prophecy. Iran, which your Bible identifies as Persia, is mentioned in the Gog, Magog, Ezekiel 38-39 war, and Syria, which is directly mentioned by the prophet Isaiah, Isaiah 17, which, according to the prophet, will become a ruinous heap. Damascus, its capital, will be completely destroyed in the future. So here we have, so Syria somehow is going to get pulled into this. If we really are, guys, in this prophetic fullness of time where these major events have to take place, then this has got to happen. So Syria's got to get involved here. As the country continues to battle Hamas militants from Gaza, Israeli officials say fighter jets hit more than 200 targets overnight. According to Israeli and Hamas officials, at least 2,100 people have been killed on both sides since Saturday's initial attack. Israel has mobilized over 300,000 reservists as it prepares for a potential ground offensive in Gaza. Is, is there going to be a second or even third front to this war? Can we keep Hezbollah out of it? Can we keep the, uh, the, the West Bank um, quiet? These are the questions that Israeli uh, leaders are asking themselves. And then the other most important question is the question that, frankly, we didn't really answer before we went into our war in Iraq in 2003, which is, tell me how this ends. What does Gaza look afterwards? How is it going to be governed? Only way for Hamas to achieve its strategic objectives is for the war to expand um, into a multi-front regional war. Israel knows that. The United States knows that. Um, it's it's what Iran wa- uh, likely wants as well. That's why President Biden is sending the aircraft carrier strike, strike group to help deter Hezbollah from taking the kinds of actions that would result in a more regional war. But it's very much um, a, a concern right now. Here's another headline. Iran issues an ominous threat to the U.S. and a deadline warning to Israel. According to this report from Newsweek, Iran's foreign minister issued a threat on Sunday that the U.S. would see, quote, heavy losses and warn Israel with a deadline to end its military actions towards Gaza. Ooh, so what would be the repercussions if they ignore it? Well, according to the report, quote, we announced to the Zionist regime through its supporters that if it does not stop its crimes in Gaza, Tomorrow will be too late. He went on to say in an interview with Al Jazeera during a visit to Qatar on Sunday, Iran helps provide arms and funding for Hamas and has expressed strong support for the militant Palestinian group's actions against Israel. You think? Because they're the ones that was behind it to begin with. The Iranian official then issued a threat directed at the United States. Now, guys, we need to take this very serious. Let me say that again. The Iranian official then issued a threat direct at the United States that, quote, Iran cannot just watch this situation as a bystander. Uh, If the scope of the war expands, heavy losses will be inflicted on the U.S. Now, the reason why I said you need you guys hear us in the West. This is America. This is Britain. We're not talking about America, but I would I would say the West. Here's why I'm saying this. FBI director has just came out and warned of a rise in terror threats against Americans and potential copycat attacks on U.S. soil. Let me give you another phrase here. Sleeper cells being unleashed on American soil. Bobby Chacon is with us, formerly of the FBI. 
who worked in New York. Bobby, it's good to see you. I appreciate it. I, my first question, uh, my last question, if we not ran out of time to Shahar, was going to be, uh, look, you've seen what Hamas has done in Israel and will do. What's your warning to America now that Hamas has promised to bring jihad to America? I'll let you pick that up. Well, so it's great to be back with you, Leland, and I uh, totally uh, agree with all of you said uh, this evening. Tonight. You're right on the money. I think, I, look, uh, uh, eternal vigilance is, is tough to keep up in the long run, um, but people tomorrow have to understand that they have to be on a heightened scale of alert. You said the NYPD. I know the LAPD is probably on a full tactical alert. Even in my small town in, in California here, we have extra uniformed police officers surrounding synagogues and things like that in anticipation of, look, the videos are clear. We we can't underestimate their savagery. We can't um, we can't doubt their willingness to do horrific damage to babies and to women. So why would you doubt their willingness to bring it here to this country or any other country? I think all the countries around the world should be on high alert in the next few days um, for the most terrific of attacks. Um, you hope that they don't happen, but shame on us if we're not prepared. All right. Look, it sort of was unthinkable right after 9-11 to have pro-Al-Qaeda marches, unthinkable during ISIS even to have pro-ISIS marches. Um, and reasonable people can disagree that, that the Palestinians in the West Bank and Palestinians in Gaza deserve their own state or not or whatever you want to say. But it's very different now to come out on the street and celebrate the slaughter of a thousand civilians, right? This isn't marching because you want different land divisions in the West Bank, or you want the settlements to stop. This is this is very different. Um, who are all of these people? Are these all Americans who have been converted, or are all these these a bunch of people who have come into the United States? Well, these are you know a lot of them. The ones that I'm seeing in here in the U.S. are just misguided, ignorant. Uh, youth or progressives. You know, a generation ago, I grew up with people wearing T-shirts with Che Guevara's uh, image on them, a mass murderer who was responsible for the brutal killing of tens of millions of people. You know, and they didn't, you know, so so they look at this as a cause celeb. They're in the streets, but but to be there and to promote people that are saying, gas the Jews, gas the Jews, on the streets of America, this is unheard of. This is a level of savagery we've seen. And by the way, Hamas just showed who, who they are. They didn't raise the level. That's who they are. Yeah. That's who they've always been. And and so we're just seeing it now because we have cell phones and they attack a, a, a music festival. No, no, look, it, it's great. Look, back back when I was when I was in Israel, Hamas used to always say we are not anti-Semitic. We are only anti-Zionist. Right? We would never hurt Jews outside of Israel, and now they're calling for jihad in America. So, uh, there you go. And by the way, France has already gotten a taste of this. When, when the, the call for this global jihad came on Friday the 13th, unfortunately, there were some individuals in France that were stabbed. One of them was stabbed to death. According to this report, uh, there was a teacher that was killed in a knife attack, and it prompted France to mobilize over 7,000 troops for extra patrols after the slaying of this teacher. So, Glenn, I'm telling you, it's not just America here that's under the radar for this. Now, I want to shift gears. I told you about three three fronts, three three fronts that are increasing. The birth pangs of the Messiah, we just covered that. Okay, all this is birth pangs. It's going to increase the wars, rumors of wars, nation against nation, the earthquakes, all this stuff. Now, a second thing that I'm seeing is this increase of demonic activity like never before, and one 
one spirit in, in particular that I touched on last week that I want to kind of home in on again is the spirit of Antichrist. Listen to me. I'm not going to pull up all these scriptures because we, we're going to run out of time. I, I don't want to go over an hour. If I, if, I, if I can keep it in an hour, I'd like to do that. So I've got about 10, 15 minutes to cover the rest of these two points. The spirit of Antichrist has been here since beginning of the days of Noah. It was referenced, in my opinion, in Genesis 6, 11. There, uh, it's this violent, demonic spirit that is summed up in John 10, 10, to kill, steal, and destroy. It was so bad in the days of Noah that God saw fit to destroy the earth and, in the, and the inhabitants of it and start over with one family that was righteous, which would be Noah and his seven family members. But don't miss it. The the spirit of Antichrist is not only a violent, bloodthirsty spirit, it is also a spirit, according to your Bible, that was also around in the days of the apostles, John referenced it in his epistles and he identifies this spirit as a lying spirit. He said it would deny the divinity of Christ. It would deny that the, that God had a son. It would deny that he was the Messiah. And this is how we would identify the antichrist who is antichrist, not who is the antichrist, who is antichrist. People get so messed up on this and they misinterpret this. John mentions Antichrist, plural tense, that was in his day. He mentions who is Antichrist and he mentions the Antichrist. So let me say that again. He said, even now, John's day, present tense of the writing of his epistle, he said, there are many Antichrist, plural tense, whom of which we told you and warned you that they would come up among us, but they would not remain with us, for they would be revealed. How would they be revealed? They would be revealed because what's on the inside of them, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. What came out of them was heresy, was blasphemy, that Jesus is not the son of God, that God has no son, that there's they denied the divinity of God. They denied that Jesus came in the flesh, that they were liars. This is how you would identify the spirit of Antichrist. He said, this is why he said, who is Antichrist? But he who denies that Jesus is the son of God. So if you want to be able to identify who has the Antichrist spirit on them, Listen to what comes out of their mouth. What are they teaching? What do they believe? What is the core fundamentals of their doctrine and their theology? Then he tells you that there is coming future tense, the Antichrist. In Greek, it's ho antichristos. It's the Antichrist. Paul identifies him as well in his second epistle to the church of Thessalonica in his writing in second Thessalonians chapter two, he he calls him the son of perdition. This is the antichrist who will physically set himself in the temple in Jerusalem that John saw revelation 11 that will be built in the last days. 
So watch this. The spirit of Antichrist was around in Noah's day. It, po- it was populating the earth with this spirit that was violent, that was destructive, that was heretical. It, then it was around in John's day that wrote the epistles. And we know as we get to closer to the end of time, the end of the age, the revealing of the Son of Man, the revealing of the Antichrist, present tense, this same spirit, because guys, a spirit is a disembodied spirit. It does not die. It's eternal. It's not flesh and blood. It's eternal. It cannot die. So it's just going to go from body to vessel to host to vessel to body to host to vessel. I said, listen, disembodied spirits need a vessel in which they use to have authority and to speak in the beginning Lucifer was cast out of heaven. He was in the garden, but he was a disembodied spirit because he was an angel. Unless they take on physical form, they are a spirit. So Satan took on, he, uh, he took the body of a serpent in the garden and he deceived Adam and Eve. This is why God cursed the serpent. And he said, on your belly, so you go and you shall be cursed all the days of your life. This is why, why do you think archaeologists has in our lifetime has discovered fossils and skeletons of serpents that had legs? Because at one time, serpents walked on two legs. When did they lose their legs, Brother Ricky? They lost their legs in the Garden of Eden with Adam and Eve when God cursed the serpents and said, Upon your belly you shall go all the days of your life and you shall eat the dust thereof. They were cursed. They lost their legs. But that's not the only thing. According to Josephus, the historian, he wrote in his account because he had in his possession uh, historical accounts and documents that we don't have in our possession today. And Josephus wrote in his writings that the animal kingdom itself had the ability and capability to communicate with mankind at one time. But at the fall of Adam, When the curse came, the ability for animals to communicate with mankind was ceased. It was taken. It's it's kind of the same thing that happened in Genesis chapter 11 at the Tower of Babel. Remember, all mankind, the whole earth spoke one language. But then when God, when Nimrod thought he would be real cute one day and real and real, real smart and try to build a tower to try to reach the heavens, to defy God. God said, let us go down and def- and confine or confuse their language. Babel means confusion. So he went down and he confused. This is where all the ethnicities, this is where all the groups came from. That's why you have Arabic and you have Chinese and you have Japanese. You have, uh, uh, you have Spanish, you have English, you have all these different languages. So don't miss it. This also explains how Noah, because, you know, the atheists are always, they want to criticize us Christians because we believe that we believe the literal story of Noah and the ark and Noah, God instructed Noah to put two of every kind of a clean animal onto the ark. And and atheists laugh at this and they say it's the most absurd thing and most ridiculous thing I've ever heard that a man could get two of every animal on the earth at that time into a boat. Well, guys, if the if the animals can communicate with one another at one time, then that's this would explain 
how this could take place. He said, well, Brother Ricky, I thought that that ability was lost at the Garden of Eden and not Noah's time. Well, we don't know how long it took for the curse to come to full fruition. For example, we don't know how long it took for serpents to lose their ability to walk on two legs and then be on their belly. It could have been a period. It it may not happen instantaneous, but we know that it did. Okay, so I'm just trying to tell you guys the, the point I'm trying to make here. Satan embodied a serpent and deceived mankind. And then we found that was in the beginning. We go all the way to the end. Satan will embody a man in the third temple in Jerusalem called the Antichrist, which he will speak great blasphemous things out of his mouth. He will sit in the temple and declare himself as God. And it's of my opinion that you, we are witnessing a release of demonic spirits in the earth in this hour that is unlike anything that we have probably seen in generations. And one of these particular spirits is the Antichrist spirit. If you don't believe that, look what's going on in the earth. Look at these protests. Look at these violent protests. Look at the vile things that's coming out of some of these individuals' mouths. Look at the things that they're saying against this ethnicity of this in, of these individuals, the Jews. There has been things that's being said, uttered, and yelled out into the streets of France, London, even in the streets of America that I cannot even repeat on the air. It's things that we have not heard since the time of Hitler and Stalin. Why? Because it's the spirit of Antichrist in the earth. And it's of my opinion that this is only going to increase. I don't believe we've seen anything yet, and it's going to get a whole lot worse. All right. Now, I got to get to the last thing here. All right. Let me take you to Zechariah 12. Zechariah 12, if you have your Bible. Verse two, Zechariah warned, this is a future event. In fact, if if we're going to be technical here, because we want to give you proper interpretation of scripture, this particular event deals with a particular prophetic event in the future at the end of the tribulation called the war of Armageddon. This is where God himself We'll pull the nations. I'm going to show you this in scripture. He's going to pull all the nations of the world that have attempted to divide Israel, that that cursed Israel. These are nations, okay? They will, God himself will gather these nations. He will bring them to a place called Megiddo. And this is where Armageddon will take a place. And this is where God himself will judge these nations. So that's your backdrop of Zechariah 12. But let me read this. Behold, I will make Jerusalem a cup of trembling unto all the people round about when they shall be in the siege, both against Judah and against Jerusalem. And in that day, verse three, will I make Jerusalem a burdensome stone for all people? All that burden themselves with it shall be cut in pieces. That's judgment. Though all the people of the earth be gathered together against it. Against who? Jerusalem, Israel. Okay, now I want to read to you same verse, New Living Translation, just because I like how it pulls some of these words out of here. Look, look what it says here. 
I will make Jerusalem like an intoxicating drink that makes the nearby nations stagger when they send their armies to besiege Jerusalem. You see this? When they send their armies to besiege Jerusalem and Judah. So you have Jerusalem and Israel. On that day, I will make Jerusalem an immovable rock. All the nations will gather against it. You, you didn't hear what Brother Ricky said. I said all nations will gather against Jerusalem. They will gather against Israel. That means all nations. That means America will turn its back against Israel. Why? Because they're trying to move it. And they will only hurt themselves. Now, the prophet Joel just echoes the same thing that Zechariah said in his in, uh, in the third chapter of Joel, verse two. I will also gather all nations and bring them down. So this is God doing this, bringing them down to the valley of Jehoshaphat. This is in Megiddo, in Israel, and plead with them there for my people and for my heritage, Israel. Now look, the replacement theologist, they speak derogatory, derogatory towards God's people and Israel, and they make these, uh, these very derogatory terms and call them a synagogue of Satan. In fact, can we just clear up this nonsense right here? The, this, 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 derog- this term, synagogue of Satan, is referenced in Revelation 2.9 and Revelation 3.9. One is written to the first century church in Smyrna, and the other is written to a church in Philadelphia. It references there Jews that are not Jews, but they are of the synagogue of Satan. Okay, Re- again, Revelation 2.9, Revelation 3.9. A church of Smyrna, church of Philadelphia, both churches, both mentioned Jews that are not Jews that were attacking the, the, the Jews that were messianic and the, the Jews that were attacking them were these Jews that uh, were attacking them because of their belief in Jesus Christ and their faith in Christ. Again, this was not the entire nation of Israel, but it was a sect, S-E-C-T, of Jews in these two churches that was identified and called synagogues of Satan. These were unbelieving Jews that persecuted Christians in their day. So please stop equating the entire Jewish race and the nation of Israel to the synagogue of Satan. Replacement theologists they consistently use these terms and they're very anti-Semitic. Oh, listen, you can unfollow me, unlike me. I don't really care. I'm going to preach it anyway. But I want to get back to this. Both Joel chapter 3 and Zechariah. In fact, let me go back to Joel chapter 3. I didn't finish this. Look what he says here. God's going to gather all nations. He's going to bring them to a place of judgment in a, in a, in a war called Armageddon. Why are they, why are they there He's doing it for his people and his heritage, Israel. Look what it says here. These nations have scattered among the nations. They've the, 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 These people who are attacking God's people are scattering them among the nations. This is all happening leading up to this. 
and they have parted or divided the land of Israel. So friends, this is what terrifies me when we have the president of the United States going on an interview and making statements that are, that are basically telling Israel they have no business in the land in which God has sworn to them through Abraham and his descendants. And listen to me and listen to me real clearly. Any nation that attempts to divide the nation of Israel will be succumbed to the judgment of God. I don't have time to develop develop this, but there has been authors that have written entire books on this and they can show you every president and every world leader that has ever sat down at the negotiating table in a back room somewhere in a, in a UN general assembly or whatever the case would be. And they attempted to try to divide the nation of Israel preceding that came major disasters and judgments because of the statements they came out and made against the nation of Israel. And friend, according to Zechariah and according to Joe, the nations of the world who will be guilty of this will fall in themselves into judgment. But don't miss what I'm saying. According to Zechariah 12, we've got to get to that point. So here's, I'm based on the word of God. I'm telling you, we are going to see the increase. And and I'm saying this so you will not be surprised or shocked. Don't be dismayed. Don't be shocked. Don't be surprised. Don't be bewildered. Don't be stunned. I don't know how many words I can use here. Don't find it strange when you turn on the news When you get on social media and you see reporters, you see journalists, you see leaders of nations, you see Christians, professed Christians, professed leaders in the body of Christ. Don't be surprised when you see these people start cursing Israel, start speaking negative against Israel, start demanding that Israel give up their land. The reason why I'm telling you ahead of time not to be surprised by this, because friends, listen to me. It's all been foretold and it must take place. And he said, well, brother Ricky, where's our redemptive hope? Here's our redemptive hope. Luke 21, 28. Jesus said, when you begin to see all these things coming to pass, it's time to start looking up, lifting up your head, because that means that your redemption is drawing near. It's about to come to a close. It's about to come to an end. Jesus Christ is is about to split that eastern sky, that trumpet's about to blast, and we are about to pack our bags and head to our eternal home. Come on, intimeheadlines.org, intimeheadlines.com. Again, intimeheadlines.org, intimeheadlines.com. That's going to be our main website. If you've not downloaded our free app, again, if you're listening by Apple or by Spotify, you can get yours today. Hit yes and push notifications. This is going to get you up to the par with every headline, every podcast when it's readily available. Listen, if you're watching this today, you're listening today, and you appreciate our ministry, uh, what we're doing, what we're teaching, we're equipping, we're informing you we're giving you revelation we're informing you the times and seasons which we're in and you stand behind our mission statement we want to give you the opportunity to be a blessing back 
Uh, we want you to pray about becoming a monthly partner. You can do that two different ways. Uh, right here on your screen, you can give electronically through our app. That's the easiest way to do it right there on the bottom of the app where it says donate, or you can go to the main website and do that. Or you can give by check or money order, and you can make that right out there on your screen at It's Headlines, P.O. Box 1391. That's going to be Monroe, Georgia, 306. Five five. Listen, if you're if you happen to be watching this and you're away from God or you don't know God, I want to pray for you Rick, real quick before we end this podcast on this Monday night, October sixteenth. Father, in the name of Jesus, I've delivered this word. I pray according to your word. I, I I believe that it will not return void, but it will go forth and it will prosper and bring fruit in which it's sent forth to do. I pray for every listener under the sound of my voice, every viewer that is backslids away from you or those who may be on this broadcast maybe they got invited in or they stumbled across it on youtube or rumble or facebook or whatever the case would be and they don't have a relationship with you i pray that the holy spirit of god would convict their hearts right now he would lead them into conviction and where in which they would repent of their sins and put their faith and their trust in jesus christ for the remission of their sins i pray that right now as you be obedient to what the holy spirit's prompting you do as you can confess your sins before him as you ask the Lord Jesus Christ to wash you and cleanse you of all unrighteousness. I pray that as you are being sealed with the Holy Spirit, I promise that you will begin to take your Bible. You'll find your Bible. You'll get your Bible. You'll begin to read your Bible. You'll find you a home church if possible. Find you a home church. Get plugged in of a group of believers so that you can grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, if it is not possible, because believe it or not, there is locations even in the United States where there's just no spirit-filled Bible-believing, doctrinally sound churches. If you can't find that in, 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 in your area, then we want to welcome you to the family. I promise you, listen, I am not perfect by any means, but I will do my very best. Everything that the Lord has taught me through the word of God. I'll teach you. I'll pour into you. I'll do my best to equip you. I promise you this guys. I don't have all the answers. I promise you this. I am not perfect. But the one thing I will tell you this is that I will give it my 110% all to equip to inform, to exhort, and to try to teach you the word of God and lead you into the truth based on the word of God. Okay, so I, I, listen, there's guys, there's people listening right now that are watching this program and they can testify they've been blessed by our ministry. So if you're new, we love you guys. We welcome you to the family. If you just got born again, we welcome you to God's family. We pray that you will grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So listen, guys, we're going to sign off for tonight. Uh, but again, don't forget to hit that like button, hit that share button, hit that subscribe button, hit that bell notification so that you can be informed and it will push our material out there on these platforms. That's how it gets the more likes, the more shares. It will get our material out there. So we love and appreciate you. We're going to sign off. We'll see you guys right back here Tuesday, October 17th. Same time, same place, same channel, 7 p.m. Central, 8 p.m. Eastern. Until then, may the Lord bless you, may he keep you, and may his countenance shine upon you. We'll see you then. Thank you for listening to the End Time Headlines podcast. We pray that you've been blessed and equipped by today's message. For more information about how you can help partner with our ministry, please visit endtimeheadlines.org.